More than half of high-growth companies struggle with the sales development process. If you want your sales team to have more at-bats with decision-makers at target accounts, talk to Inside Sales Team, the sales development team experts at InsideSalesTeam.com. Hello, 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 everybody. This is David Delaney back at you with another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am so happy to introduce you to a gentleman who we've been trying to get on the show for a while. He's got a great story to tell. Mr. Jeremy Levier with Navisite. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing excellent, David. Thanks for having me on. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. Just running around crazy and uh, as usual, and and uh, you know, the just hair and Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing excellent, and um, you know, still adjusting to a new role here at, at Navisite. It's been, I think, just under two months or so since I moved out of a sales dev, biz dev position and uh, just getting, just learning more and more every day and, and, uh, and loving it. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm really excited to talk with you. Like I said, a lot of the folks who listen to the show are in sales development. Um, they might've be, just become managers recently or have been around for a while, but everyone's always curious about how, how, how you go from, you know, becoming a sales development rep to maybe an account executive, a channel manager, or even a manager for the team. So I really wanted to talk about your story, you know, how you kind of crawled up through the ranks of the company and got into the position now going from, you know, your SDR, BDR to a, you know, ch a channel manager. Yeah, absolutely. So before I got to Navisite, um, I was in a sales dev, biz dev role for about two and a half years for a company called the Chameleon Group in the Seacoast area of New Hampshire. So I was able to really kind of cut my teeth there and, and you know, get the hang of technology, the, the space and, and cold calling and, 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 and took, got, got used to rejection and immune to rejection there and uh, was able to build rapport with people actually got let go from four different sales jobs. So before I went to Community Group, I was like, okay, I don't even want to be in sales. So I've had to really persevere. And, you know, perseverance, I think, is, you know, one of the biggest reasons why, you know, I've been successful now after, you know, getting out of college in 2008 when, you know, the economy was, was obviously at a pretty low point. Not that, that that's an excuse. I think it was the com combination of that with the fact that when I was 22, just getting out of college, I was not nearly as good at sales as I am now. So, you know, growing up and over time, just getting better at sales and, and interacting with people, dealing with people, getting more hungry and more motivated with, with my career is what enabled me to, uh, to get better at sales over time and, and better, you know, building rapport with, and talking to people. So two and a half years at Chameleon Group. So by the time I got here, to Navisite, I already had a really solid foundational skill set of, you know, sales development and business development. I just had to really just keep owning, honing those skills and actually figure out what Navisite did. Because when I got here, I didn't even know what the cloud was. <laughs> so and I've, I've been here for about 15 months now. And now I like to think that I, I know quite a bit about it. But when I got here, I, I knew nothing about, about what the cloud was. So you just have to really dive in and try not to learn all of the technology all at one time. You know, don't just overwhelm yourself and think you have to know everything about your technology and all your competitors and everything, your value prop and everything the first day on the phone. 
you know, it's a combination of learning a lot as, as much as you can within over time that first couple of weeks. So you can get, get on the phone and at least start having halfway decent conversations. <laughs> and from there, just getting better um, and learning more a little bit each day. Um, as opposed to trying to overwhelm yourself with, with too much. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I um, was a VDR at Navisite for about 13 months. And then a, a position opened up with our, with, within our channel organization on, on the channel sales team because it was, you know, around the same time I was like, okay, you know, I've hit my quota as a VDR for about 10 months now in a row. One of those months last uh, October, I hit it 246% to quota. So our goal is 15 meetings held, not just set, but they actually have to be held, you know, 15 meetings held within a given month. And that, that month I had 37 and 21 of them converted to opportunities within that same fiscal month. So that's when I was like, okay, I, I'm pretty good at this. Start looking around. Where is there um, a way I can move up into the company? And a role opened up within the channel organization and I jumped at it and uh, it's, been, it's been great to, to make that transition. That's awesome, man. And so there's a lot there. Like, to, uh, I mean, just to walk down memory lane, like, what can you go into a little bit more about the when you went into sales and it was like you was you were having it sounds like you're having a hard time finding your groove at the beginning. And yep. then tell us more about what changed. How did you sure. how did you get that groove and then eventually become so successful that you're getting, you know, all these different opportunities? Yeah, absolutely. So I thought about it a lot, actually. And there's three different things that happened that made me go from somebody who sucked at sales to somebody who's really good at it. <laughs> what I was, one of my first technology sales jobs with that was at PC Connection, or the now called Connection, one of the largest bars, technology resellers in the world. And only lasted 10 months there. It was my first, techn first technology sales job out of college. But it, a funny thing happened. Towards my end of my, my tenure there, in a meeting with one of the sales managers, it kind of came up that just randomly came up in the meeting that I was part of a sketch comedy group in college. And they were like, and my manager was, was just uh, dumbfounded. He was like, really? But you, you don't sound like you have any personality or sense of humor when I hear you on calls. Because I was, I was at that point where I wasn't being myself on the phone. You know, I was just like, I was nervous and, you know, I was young. I wasn't mature enough wasn't, wasn't, uh, didn't have the confidence and, you know, wasn't, uh, was still trying to find myself and my personality on the phone. So I was, I was just kind of, you know, sticking to the script and, and, uh, you know, wasn't really being myself on the phone. I really let my personality out. So I think that was one thing that I learned was just got to really be yourself and, and let your personality out. And what enabled me to actually do that was I had another job. It was actually wasn't a sales job. It was a customer service job. But one of the, the best customer service rep that we had there was at Colhan, actually. Many people probably know the, the shoe company. And the best customer service rep that they had, this guy was just un unbelievable at building rapport. And he really let his personality out on the phone. And I really, all of my, built, my skills with regards to building rapport came from this, this guy. His name was Matt, Matt Kirsch. And I learned so much about building rapport and being yourself on the phone and letting your personality out. So that was a really big key for me. And then also the more I went, I, I got to know people and just interact with people out in social situations, out in the real world, because I was living in a, in a vibrant city, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, in the New Hampshire Seacoast with um, lots of young people. And I was making a lot of new friends out in the city and 
you know, I'd interact with people at the supermarket. I'd interact with people, you know, at the restaurant, at restaurants and anywhere I went, just interacting with strangers. And in a sales development role, so important is to get comfortable talking to strangers, get comfortable talking to strangers, get good at talking to strangers, and then carrying that comfort level over to when you're on the phone. Because, you know, in sales development, you're on the phone with these prospects, they're strangers, you know, you're, you're cold calling and cold emailing them, they're strangers. And, you know, you're, most people aren't good at talking to strangers. You know, some, some people are pretty good at talking to their friends, but you, you, you try to talk to a stranger on the phone, make a cold call, and they just sound awkward, you know, and they sound unsure of themselves. So I would just talk to strangers anywhere I went. I'd go to bars and talk to strangers, you know, the post office, anywhere. Because I was in this vibrant city where people just interacted and mingled with each other. And so I got really, really good and at talking to people face to face in person and comfortable talking to people and carried that over to on the phone. And um, and, and that's when I started to, to really get good at it. The third thing is at Community Group, I had a really good, really good sales development, business development manager named Tom Stewart who helped me out a lot. He, at one point, I was, I was having good conversations with people, but I wasn't getting enough meetings. So he recorded the calls. He said, Jeremy, I want you to take three or four calls where you had a, where you had a conversation with a prospect, but you weren't quite able to get cl close on a meeting with them. And I was able to have, we had all our calls recorded, so I emailed them three or four recordings. We went in the conference room. He, just like a, a football coach, you know, doing X's and O's, doing right, putting up plays and, and uh, coaching his team. He would play the recording, stop it at certain points, you know, and give me pointers, see what you said there. What I would have said is maybe said this. And, you know, it was only about a 25 minute meeting, but we just replayed those four calls and he gave advice. We had some back and forth about what went well, what didn't go well, how I could drill down better on, on the pain when they were actually showing pain or showing buying signals and also what questions to ask, you know, how to really open up the conversation and actually get it from okay, here's a little bit of a window that that prospect is giving me when they say that. Here's how to take it from that to actually closing on a meeting and closing with confidence as opposed to being like, oh, well, we can maybe have a, a call next Tuesday to talk about this if you think that would be okay. You know, getting, getting away from that and, and closing more with confidence. So that, that was a really, I'd, I'd say that meeting with that manager is, you know, that 20, 25 minute meeting what was huge probably did more for me listening to those calls and getting coached on them than anything else to, to really get good at, at sales development. So that was, that, those are kind of in a nutshell, you know, really uh, helping me to, to get where I am now. No, I love that. I mean, I think the main, you know, a few points there. One is that you took the, your self development into your own hands and really focused on getting outside of your comfort zone to become better you know, and, and learn from the, you know, difficult situations that you're having. So a lot of people, I think, you know, they, they easily can kind of give up and then just go into your shell, watch some Game of Thrones, eat some pizza, yeah. you know, <laughs> go hang out with your buddies. But, it, but if you have passion towards self-development, it's kind of like the sky's the limit because instead of taking those criticisms and getting more negative, you actually make it a positive. And, and then the other, a few other things is, you know, you, 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 when you're growing up, your parents are always like, you know, don't talk to strangers, stay away from, you know, don't do that. Don't do this. Like you get kind of conditioned to not, 
you know, want to go out and talk to random people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it makes you more and more awkward on the phone. And, and you, instead of just letting that become more and more of a negative spiral, you actually went out and tried to do the opposite of that, uh, which mm-hmm. is great advice. And then um, the last quick thing was the seeking mentorship from folks and asking for help. I think a lot of people, you know, after they start to get beat down a little bit, they they kind of go into their shell a little bit and uh, they are maybe intimidated by people with more experience. And I, I would say that that's a huge mistake for especially SDRs, but even managers and directors and mm-hmm. everybody to just think like, I'm just not going to ask for help because yeah. that's a little bit intimidating, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes both ways. I mean, it's on it's on that SDR, but it's also on the leadership. You know, to the SDR has to have it within them to be like, okay, you know, I just had two bet, I just had two months when I I didn't hit my number. You know, what and and they should it should be within them to go to their manager and be like, hey, hey you know, what do you what do you think? What what am I saying that's not resonating? You know, why don't I send you a couple call recordings? We can kind of work through it. So on one hand, it's on that SDR to, you know, to get better on their own. And maybe, maybe it means them listening to some podcasts or going to an event, you know, reaching out to somebody else that can, they can maybe bounce some ideas off, to try to get better, you know, read some blogs, read, read a sale, read a book, try to, you know, better themselves. But I think it's, it's also on the leader, the SDR leadership to, you know, really be proactive about, okay, I have this SDR who you know, is kind of struggling. They haven't hit their number in the last couple of months. What can I do? Let's look at the metrics. Look at, let's look at, you know, if it's their dials, then they need to make more dials. But if it's, they're making a lot of dials, but having very short conversations, like if it, their conversations are under a minute per dial, well, you know, what are they saying, you know, in those conversations? And, you know, so it's, it's on that, the leadership to, to take it upon themselves to, to coach the SDRs to get them where they need to be. So I think, you know, definitely works both ways. But, you know, as an SDR, you know, you, you can't just wait for the leadership to, to coach you and get you better. You know, you need to take it upon yourself and, and do it and, and do the work. And, and a lot of the work that I've done since I've been at Navisite to really take me to the next level to move from BDR to channel sales manager has been doing additional things, extra work, putting in the work outside of, you know, just eight to five, nine to five hours. Some of the days I've been here until eight o'clock, eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. I think one time I was even here till nine thirty. What was I doing? I uh, you might ask because obviously I'm not calling people that that late at night. Well, sometimes I would because what I would do if I, there was an account that I really wanted to get into, I would identify three to five people at that account that I really wanted that that I identified were the right people for me to to talk to, and knowing that they're not going to answer their phone, I would just leave them a voicemail. I'd call knowing, call their direct line, knowing that I'm going to get a voicemail, leave them a voicemail, and I would send them an email. And anytime I call anybody, I'm on their LinkedIn profile. So they're getting a notification that I viewed their profile, you know, if there's any content that they may have posted, you know, that I might like or, or comment on their content, you know, they're getting a voicemail from me and they're, they're seeing an email. So, you know, and I'm doing that for like three to five different people from that same company. And I might do that for like five different companies. So I end up being there until like eight or nine o'clock at night. So part of it, you know, putting in that extra work. Also, you know, I'm reading books or, or going to a sales networking events, you know, watching podcasts. I think the single biggest reason why I got really good at specifically in a technology sales role and 
in order to, to hit my number and get a promotion, CXO talk, anybody who is a sales development rep um, or business development rep, if you're in sales at all, in the technology, selling to technology leaders, CIOs, IT managers, you need to be watching CXO talk, a podcast, in addition to your podcast, of course, David. But from a technology perspective, it's really valuable. You're able to, they have some really good content, interviews with really high level um, executive IT, IT thought leaders and CIOs, and, and you're able to get in the head of these CIOs, find out what their challenges are, what's important to them, what, what their world is like, and from watching these podcasts, be able to speak their language um, so that in your messaging on the phone or in emails, you know, it's, it, you're more likely to resonate with them. So, you know, those are all things that help me as well. Yeah, dude, there's so much there. I mean, one of the first things that you went into was how it's also on the leadership. So this is everybody, you know, in a leadership position who's listening, you know, it's 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 on you also to go out, make the time, schedule, do those coaching sessions, the X's and O's with the people on a regular basis, make that a big part of your schedule. I think, um, you know, executives tend to get really sucked in it, to the internal, you know, politics and trying to get reports and dashboards and all that stuff ready for their boss. And they, they, they kind of lose track of the whole coaching aspect. That's so critical. And, uh, you know, the, maybe the SDRs don't know to ask for help from mentors and coaches. And then the mentors and coaches are too busy doing other stuff with the company and nobody's really digging into some of those. Uh, I call them like choke points. You know, there's, there's, if you if you unpack where you're struggling there and mm-hmm. put it on like a diagram, there's always going to be choke points. Maybe it's the the conversations aren't converting to appointments. The appointments yeah. aren't converting to pipe. Right? Um, just you got to be able to identify those. And it is you're right. It's on the the leadership. And it, w- one other quick thought on that is that a lot of companies they they don't even have an SDR manager or they've got groups of SDRs in remote offices who are supposedly reporting to either account executives or, or the uh, remote VP in that office. But Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of, you know, direct management happening and they just end up flailing. I don't think that works. A lot of the times I think you got to have the group of SDRs, hopefully under one roof, you know, to, Mm -hmm. to get that, that coaching going. The other, the other couple of things I wanted to mention is, uh, you know, you you determined and you understood that it's there's eight to five or whatever or nine to five is just like the table stakes to be able to collect your paycheck and like oh, yeah. you know be there. But where you really excelled was understanding that there's also a lot of other time that's available to excel and mm-hmm. to get ahead. And uh, you know, you 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 know you're on LinkedIn, you're, you're making lists, you're hitting people up, you're listening to the podcasts and stuff like that, going to networking events. I mean, that's, that's how you got to do it, man. I mean, it's not like just hanging up your, your hat at five o'clock and, and you're like, I'm completely done. I mean, if, if you're not, if you don't have any enough passion to like keep mm-hmm. grinding, then you might, you might not be in the right position or you might be exactly. like selling the right products. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be passionate about it. I mean, that's, you know, you said it right there. I was about to just say, yeah, well, it's about being passionate about what you're, what you're doing. And, you know, I think a lot of people in sales, they just kind of are are in it because they don't know what else to do. 
you know, because obviously it's not something that you go to college for, you know, most people, you know, just stumble into sales, but at the same time, there's more sales jobs like that in the world than compared to any other type of job, <laughs> you know? So I think there's a lot more sales jobs and there is people who actually want to do sales. So, you know, you got to just find something you're passionate about. And if, if you're not, then, you know, do something else. Maybe, maybe you are good at sales. You just have to go to a different company, you know, but you just have to be passionate about it and, you know, really give it, give it your all and, and put your all into it in order to, uh, to be successful. Inside Sales Team fully integrates with clients. CEO of Discover Org, Henry Shutt, partnered with us, and we've generated over $25 million in new business revenue. They are firing on every best practice for running a sales development team. Learn more at InsideSalesTeam.com. Yeah, man. I mean, you could, you got to be passionate about yourself, you know? I mean, like, mm-hmm. you're, you're, and have you know, more and more. Right, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, and, and you have self-confidence and self-belief, yeah. Right. I mean, and I was just going to say more and more in our economy, everyone is almost like the CEO of yourself. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's you, Inc., man. I mean, no, there's nobody, nobody's going to be out there like looking out for you and trying to help you out. I mean, you, you've got to, you've got to develop it. You got to work it yourself and be passionate about yourself. And, and, you know, I think honestly, like people, if, if you're looking at, at jobs and you, everybody needs a job, you need that paycheck. And, but Mm -hmm. if you're still in the position where you're doing interviews and stuff like that, you got to really think about, am I passionate about this product? Because you're going to be in there 40, 50, 60 hours a week, you know, selling this and trying to get people excited about it. And it's like, if you just took the job because it's a cool logo and like, they've got ping pong tables at the office, like, (laughs) right. How are you going to get excited about that after a while? Yeah. And at the same time, though, like you might not be as passionate about it right off the bat. Sometimes that might grow over time. You know, like you you might just come into the job. Maybe you just took the job because, you know, there was, you know, the logo where you just needed a job. You're coming out of college or whatever it might be. You may have fell into that job. But if you if you're an SDR and maybe you've been there for a month, maybe even three or four months, and you're just kind of going through the motions or whatever. Maybe it's, you know, like you said, David, it, you know, you have to be passionate about that product and, and believe that it's actually helping people out in the marketplace. So one thing you can do is, you know, talk to your product team, you know, talk to your product team about, you know, all right, what really is our value in the marketplace? You know, talk to, ask if you can get, get conf- contact information for some of your customers, you know, check out the case studies that you have on your on your successful customers you know talk to talk to other people at the company talk to your manager about okay what really is our value here you know can i get to can i go to where one of our customers is and see how they actually use our product and experience the difference that it makes for them you know doing things like that you know you might not have the passion for the product right off the bat but doing things like that will will get you there and if you do all that if you talk to your product team you're checking out all these case studies you're looking at video case studies and going to your customer site seeing how they use it and you know you still aren't passionate about it after like even 6 months well then maybe you do have to go find a different place to work <laughs> but hopefully you get there by experiencing some of that and then you're then it'll click and you'll be like oh okay yeah now I'm passionate about it and I really get it. It'll click and you'll be like, 
okay, yeah, this is why, this is who our ideal customer profile is, and this is their pain, this is how we solve that pain, this is why they need us, okay, and now I'm gonna incorporate you know, that into my messaging, I'm gonna incorporate those case studies into my messaging, and then all of a sudden, you'll start to see your sales numbers go up. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah, man, and, and that's, another, that's another good point because a lot of the folks you know, who listen to this, they, they, they might just be getting into the business and you know, they, they got the job at this company that, that sells you know, some kind of technology, for example, and the people that they're calling have 10, 20 years of experience in the role. And, you know, like you, you've said a few times, what's really important and what makes you more successful is really getting inside the head of your prospects and trying to mm -hmm. understand what their pain points are and how your product can help them. But the problem is that a lot of the folks are they they've never been in that position for 10 or 20 years. Obviously, they've never, you know, experienced those pain points. So I think it's really difficult for people to just suddenly be able to talk about those things and sound intelligent. And so that one point that you made is, you know, hopefully you're, you're starting to build some passion about what you're selling and you're, you're getting more and more into it. And you, you're reading case studies, you're watching videos, you're, you're understanding things, you're listening to the CXO podcast, you know, you're trying to get inside their head. And then as you create better messaging that, uh, appeals to them, your numbers start to go up and you get more positive about things. Is, is that, is that sort of the, the virtuous cycle that you're talking about? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and it comes to, you know, like you mentioned there, David, really knowing your buyer and getting in, getting in the heads of their buyer, knowing what, what's important to them and just really getting a firm grasp on, you know, who your ideal customer is and, and knowing, you know, what their world is like. And, and that's why, you know, depending on what you're selling, you know, if you're selling to HR people, you know, selling to HR leaders, you know, then you should be reading blogs and listening to podcasts that HR leaders listen to and read. You know, if you're, if you're selling to marketing people, you should be listening to podcasts and, and going to events and reading books and watching podcasts that those marketing people listen to you know, in watching and, and, and attend. So, you know, for me in, in the technology, you know, selling to CIOs and IT directors, you know, I, and I was able to learn so much from all these CXO talk podcasts. And another thing is I only even found out about CXO talk from Jill Rowley. She commented on a blog post that I wrote on LinkedIn. So it just shows like the power of building your brand as an SDR, BDR, and, you know, putting yourself out there, you know, putting some well thought out content out there based on what you're experiencing in your role. Some of my articles that I've written on, on LinkedIn are related to, to sales and trials and tribulations and sales tips, how I've um, been able to get better, things that I've run up against. But a lot of it, as I've gotten more and more into my tenure at Navisite, because when I first started here, like I said, I didn't even know anything about the cloud. <laughs> so why would I write about write articles about cloud and technology and you know data centers and stuff if I didn't even know anything about it? <laughs> so it took me a few months before I started to write articles about that that type of stuff. But you know, putting yourself out there, networking with people, you know, like Jill Rowley and some of the technology thought leaders, you know, that are out there, people that are the hosts and guests on CXO Talk. I would connect with them, and you know, that's how I even found out about that podcast. You know, so. Connecting with those people and, you know, building your network, building your brand is, is also really important, 
you know, it, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, it takes time to, to build that network and build that brand. And, you know, people will let you know about podcasts like that and you'll listen to them and, and gain that knowledge. And now that I'm in the channel, you know, I was like, oh, okay, you know, I'm a, I'm a channel manager now, you know, so it's kind of, instead of talking to the CIO or IT director directly, I'm more talking to the reseller who is selling to that person. So what's important to them and Lo and behold, only about a week after I started in this new role, I found out about a really cool podcast uh, called Channel Outlaws. <laughs> and I've watched literally every second of every episode that they have aired, which is only um, 10 of them. They only got 10 episodes. It's a company called Intellisys that airs this podcast, um, and, and it's pretty new. So, But I've, I've watched their, their like hour-long episodes, and I've, and I've listened to all of them. So and just came across that from networking with people within the channel on LinkedIn, finding out you know, who are already, who some of our channel partners already are, saw what kind of stuff they were posting on LinkedIn, and I stumbled across that podcast. So it just shows, you know, how you can find that, that content that can get you the knowledge that you need. Yeah, that's so interesting. And, and again, it comes back to having that, that work ethic because, you, you know, that takes time. It takes time and energy to build your brand and, and uh, finding those resources, listening to the podcast and stuff like that, it, it can't, it, you can't fit it in in the normal eight hours. So you, something else mm -hmm. has to give. You got to push out, you know, the Game of Thrones and you know all the <laughs> fun stuff sometimes to to be able to put in that time. But it totally pays off because you never know where that's going to end up. You saw the Jill Rowley post, and then you you know you you wrote your own posts, and then you found the podcast, and it just kind of you connect the dots without really knowing what how it's going to play out um, mm -hmm. and and one thing that you made me think of is as you're trying to figure out like okay i want to i want to create some content that's relevant to what i'm doing and and helpful to people but what do i say you know you're just mm -hmm. like i'm just a, i'm an sdr who just started this job and i would just say the main thing about content is uh, be uh tr you know transparent and and authentic to to mm -hmm. yourself and just be like, hey, you know, I'm just an example in your case and not I'm not giving advice, but I'm just thinking out loud like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm new to understanding the channel. I'm new to understanding how it works and what it all means. And I'm just going to do a series of posts, for example, about the channel and what it means and how I'm new mm -hmm. to it and I'm learning stuff and, and, and you know, how I, I plan to help people using Navisite. You know, I mean, that's that's a. That's content right there. And I, I think yeah. that would resonate because it's authentic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and plus that way, you know, people will will get back to you and you'll be able to network with them and they'll message you and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I can relate because I was in your position, you know, just three years ago, new to the channel. And, you know, they might message you back and then you get on a call with them and you might, you know, talk to them, you know, for an hour or so. So. You know, it all goes back to building your brand. And, you know, the first piece of content I wrote about technology when, you know, I was still kind of getting used to what the cloud was all about and, and what the value was and, and all that. I watched an episode of CXO Talk and I wrote a blog post about that. You know, so most of most of the content in that first in that blog post wasn't my my writing. I had a bunch of quotes that I pulled from the episode with the host of the of the uh of the show's permission, of course. <laughs> Michael Krigsman's the host. I asked his permission. He gave me permission to use the quotes. And he has, uh, and he has a script, you know, um, of the of the episode. So I was able to pull some quotes 
and the technology thought leaders and, and uh, decision makers who were on the episode, I was able to connect with all of them and tag them in the post. So they all shared it and commented and, and uh, tagged other technology decision makers and thought leaders in it. So, you know, most of that post was just kind of, you know, quoting what they had said. And I'm just kind of, you know, in, in my blog post between the quotes, I'm just kind of summarizing what they're saying and, and, you know, leading to the next quote. So, you know, that's another idea for people, you know, if they're just starting out and they might not be a subject matter expert, you can, you know, quote people who are subject matter experts, you know, and then tag them in that post. So they'll, they'll start following you, you know. Exactly. And and then it just builds from there. You never know mm -hmm. how it's going to end up. But, you know, again, I, I think that people, they get kind of caught up because they're like, well, I, what do I have to say about this? Like I'm, I'm selling <laughs> to HR, you know, professionals who have been in the business for 20 years and they're, they're, they've got all these problems and I don't really relate to them. And mm -hmm. um, I mean, it, you know, kind of goes back to what we were talking about. First, you got to get inside their head understand mm -hmm. what they're dealing with, like where their pain points are, what problems they're solving. And then when you're thinking about doing content, it's like, how can I, how can I help them in some way in a, it, you know, it's not so, uh, in, in a non-self-serving way. Just how can I mm -hmm. add pure value? And it, it doesn't, and to your point, it doesn't have to be you writing an 8,000 word blog post about all these pain points or whatever. It can yeah. just be, look, I gathered, I gathered some key points of information that can be of help. I'm going to tag all the people that produce this and let them know that I'm putting this together and mm -hmm. I create a package that's really valuable for people and uh, everybody wins, you know, and, and and like you said, you get some pickup from the networks of the people that you tag and mm -hmm. it becomes, you know, just a virtuous cycle. I think that's how I initially found out about you because you wrote mm -hmm. a great uh, blog post about uh, sales development. And, mm -hmm. um, I, I, you know, highlighted some of the stuff I forwarded to people. And then next thing you know, we were connected and then I yeah. uh, got you on the podcast. It's, it's, it's a virtuous cycle. Yeah. And another thing like people can, can write about any SDR or BDR in a blog post, you know, just think about the conversations that you have with prospects and think about the emails, you know, that you send to them. If all of a sudden you find yourself you know, if you're like, oh, in, in these conversations I'm having, they seem to be always having the same objection and I'm having really good success when I say this back to them or, you know, then, you know, just kind of, there's a blog post right there, you know, a blog post about, you know, this is the objection. So this is what many IT directors, you know, seem to think about the cloud. And then, you know, this is what I said to them and ended up getting a meeting you know, you can just turn that into a blog post or if you, you know, take the emails that you send, you know, there's content in those emails, you know, that you are sending to these people to try to get their attention or, you know, they might email you back with a question and then you respond back, you know, if that leads to a meeting, I mean, you know, and especially if you're emailing similar content, you know, if you, you're, the messaging is similar a lot of the times, you know, and, and you're finding that that email has seemed to be working pretty well. Take that content. That could probably be a blog post because if it's working really well, that messaging um, about you know whatever that value prop or that challenges or problem is that 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 prospect is having, there's probably you know 80% of the list that you're calling maybe is having that same problem or challenge. You could just write a blog post and then you know you're building your brand and then you know people who are who are you're calling, 
you know, if you're viewing their profile on their on LinkedIn when you call them, they're probably going to view you as well. They'll see that you wrote that post, or you know, then they're like, oh, okay, this person knows what he's talking about. You know, I'll email him back or I'll call him back, and and it helps you build your brand, and and also just by writing that content. You know, it, it builds your confidence in knowing, you know, you all of a sudden feel like like a subject matter expert. So when you're on the phone because you've written those emails with that content and you also wrote a blog post about that. Now you feel like, oh, OK, this this particular part of what we of our technology, I've got this down, you know. So then if somebody asks about it on the phone two days later, you don't have to think about it. You know, you're like, oh, I've written five. I wrote five emails about that the other day and I wrote a blog post about that. Then when they ask about it on a phone call. A couple days later, it'll just roll right off your tongue without even thinking about it. And you'll just feel more confident on the, on the phone. Totally. I mean, the best way to learn something is start teaching it. <laughs> because, mm -hmm. you know, the, the feedback that you get and, uh, you know, the the conversations that you get into and the people that you meet, you just, you just it starts to snowball uh, the learning. And, you know, so that's that's some great homework for people that are on the line. If you're been struggling to come up with, you know, how do I build my brand and how do I come up with content? You know, look through your old emails, look through normal situations mm -hmm. that you're in. Um, you know, if you've been in the job for three to six months, I mean, you, you know, probably a lot more about sales development than somebody who's just coming up through the ranks behind you, you know, so mm -hmm. you can you can add value there. And the more that you get out to those industry events and, and networking events and read the same you know, websites that, that your target prospects read, you're going to be able to pull that together into something valuable and, and post it and, and build it up from there. So Jeremy, those are some great things, man. I'm, I'm, I mean, we're kind of running up against the hour. You know, I, I want to know what's next for you. Tell us about what you're doing now and how you got into the, the channel side of things from sales development. Yeah, sure. So it's funny, you know, a, a position just opened up in the channel and I was kind of looking around like, okay, you know, what should I do from sales development? You know, I'm hitting my number, you know, and I, I was like, okay, it usually goes to an account executive or maybe you go into marketing or you might go into, you know, customer success, account management channel. So where do I want to go? It was, there was an open position for an account executive. And I actually applied for it and didn't get it because they were looking for somebody who had more, more experience, some, you know, like five, 10 years experience in a closing quota carrying role. You know, they're somebody with you know, a lot more closing experience. But with the channel, it is a closing quota carrying role, but it's more, it's less selling and more enabling our partners to, to sell. So I was able to uh, move into that role instead. And, you know, as far as what's next, I'm, you know, I've only been in the channel position here for, you know, like six weeks and, you know, six or seven weeks. And I'm just looking to get better every day and just get to the point where I'm killing it and crushing it and hoping to, you know, build Navisite up even more. I mean, we're a 20 year old company, but there's still there's a lot of people that don't know who we are. And, and so, you know, I'm trying to just put Navisite on the map. I feel like since I've been here, you know, a lot more people know about us than before. <laughs> And, you know, just trying to kill it and, and see what happens from there. Nice, dude. Well, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, with all the work that you've been doing and the great habits that you have and everything you've shared, you're going to continue to rise up through the ranks. So, Jeremy, this has been awesome. I'm excited to get this transcribed because I think that there's just t tons of nuggets of wisdom in here. And uh, we'll get it transcribed and put up on, on the DavidDelaney.com blog after the show. 
Thank you so much cool. for being on and just really appreciate it, man. All right. Thanks, David. I appreciate it. Two books for people to check out. Sales Acceleration Formula um, by Mark Reberge and Fanatical Prospecting by Jeb Blount. Two really good books that helped me out a lot. But uh, thanks, Dave, and and I uh, hope people get some value from this. Yeah, you got it, man. Then those those are awesome. We'll put links up there on the transcription if if uh, folks haven't read both of those. Mm-hmm. They're great books. So definitely the, uh, the recommendation, Jeremy. Thanks sure. so much. All right. Thanks, David. Bye bye.